Story five of Short Stories of William Henry Harrison Murray. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Story five The Ball. It was evening, dark, cool, and starry. The earth and water lay hidden in the dusky gloom. Above, the stars were at their brightest. They gleamed and glowed, flashed and scintillated, like jewels fresh from the case. Their fires were many-colored, orange, yellow, and red, and here and there a great diamond, fashioned into the zone of night, sent out its intense, colorless brilliancy. Through all the air, silence reigned. The winds had died away, and the waters had settled to repose. No gurgle along the shore, no splash against the great logs that made the wharf, no bird of night calling to its mate. Outside all was still. Nature had drawn the curtains around her couch, and screened from sight lay in profound repose. Within all was light and bustle and gaiety. From every window lights streamed and flashed, the large parlors were alive with moving forms, the piano, whose white keys were swept by whiter hands, tinkled and rang in liveliest measure. The dance was at its height, and the very floor seemed vibrant with the pressure of lively feet. The dancers advanced, retired, wheeled, and swayed in easy circles, swept up and down, and across the floor in graceful lines. Amid the happy scene, the old trapper stood, his stalwart frame erect as in his prime, while his great strong face fairly beamed in benediction upon the dancers. For his nature had within its depths that fine capacity which enabled it to receive the brightness of surrounding happiness and reflect it again. It was a study to watch his face and mark the passage of changeful moods, surprise, delight, and broad, warm-hearted humor as they came to and passed across the responsive features. The man of the woods, of the lonely shore, and of silence, seemed perfectly at home amid the noise and commotion of human merrymaking. At last the music died away. The dancers checked their feet. The lady who had been playing the piano rose wearily from the instrument and joined a group of friends. The music was not adequate. The notes were too sharp, too isolate, and they did not flow together. There was no sweep and swing, nor suavity of connected progress in the strains. The instrument could not lift the dancers up and swing them onward through the mazy motions. "'I tell you, Henry,' said the old trapper, as he turned to Herbert, who was standing by his side, "'the pianer in the thing to dance by, for sartin, it tinkles and chippers too much, it rattles and clicks, it doesn't get hold of the feelings, Henry, it don't start the blood in your veins, nor yet your skin tingling, nor make the feet dance again your will. It's good enough in its way, no doubt, but it sartinly isn't the thing to lift the young folks up and swing em around. The fiddle is the thing.' yes the fiddle is certainly the thing i would give a good deal if we had a fiddle here to-night for i see the boys and girls miss it lord a massy how it would set em a-goin if we only had a fiddle here john norton said the lad who was sitting on a chair hidden away behind the trapper john norton and the lad took hold of the sleeve of his jacket and pulled the trapper's head down towards him would you like to hear a violin to-night like to hear a fiddle lord bless you lad i guess i would like to hear a fiddle I never seed a time i wouldn't give the best beaver hide in the lodge to hear the squeak of the bow on the strings what's the matter with ye lad 
and he drew the old man's head still closer to him until his ear was within a few inches of his mouth i love to play the violin better than i love anything in the world and i've got one of the best ones you ever heard out there in the bow of the boat heavens and earth lad ejaculated the trapper did you say you could play the fiddle and that you had a good one out there in the boat look at a massy how the young folks will hop scoot out there and get it boy and henry and me will let the folks know that you've got and what you can do the lad fairly flashed out of the room he was gone in an instant and in a few minutes he had returned bearing in his hands a bundle which he carried as carefully as a mother would carry her babe but brief as had been his absence it had allowed sufficient time for herbert to communicate with the master of ceremonies and for him to announce to the company present that the great lack of the occasion had fortunately and unexpectedly been supplied for the young man who was with mr herbert and john norton not only knew how to play the violin but actually had one in his boat and had gone to get it and would be back in a moment the announcement was received with applause white hands clapped and a hundred ejaculations of wonderment sounded forth the surprise and pleasure of the eager throng and when the lad came stealing in bearing his precious burden he was received with a positive ovation it was amusing to see the change which had come over the looks and actions of the company at the mention and appearance of the violin the faces that had shown indifference and the look of languid weariness freshened and became tense in all their lines and on their heads again animation sat crowned those who were seated jumped to their feet the conversationalists broke their circle and swung suddenly into line eyes sparkled little happy screams and miniature war-hoops from the boisterous youngsters rang through the parlour in eye and look and voice the popular tribute spoke in honour of the popular instrument an instrument whose strings can sound almost every passion forth the quip and quirk of merriment the mourner's wail the measured praise of solemn psalms the lively beat of joy the subtle charm of indolent moods and the sweet ecstasy of youthful pleasure when with flying feet and in the abandon of delight she swings circles and floats through the measures of the voluptuous waltz in one corner of the parlour there was a platform from which charades and private theatricals had been acted on some previous evening and to this the lad was escorted and strange to say his awkwardness had departed from him his form was straight his head was lifted his shambling gait steadied itself with firmest confidence his long arms sought no longer feebly to hide themselves but held the package that he carried in fond authority of gesture as a proud mother whose pride had banished bashfulness might carry a beautiful child so the lad went toward the dais and seating himself in the chair proceeded with deliberate tenderness to uncover the instrument an old dark-looking one it was the gloom of centuries darkened it their dusk had penetrated the very fibre of the wood its look suggested ancient times far climes the hands long mouldering in dust it was an instrument to quicken curiosity and elicit mental interrogation what was its story where was it made by whom and when the lad did not know it was his mother's gift he said and an old sea captain had given it to his mother the old sea captain had found it on a wreck in the far-off indian ocean he found it in a trunk 
a great sea-chest made of scented wood and banded with brazen ribs and in the chest with it it was rumoured the old mariner had found silks and costly fabrics and gold and eastern gems gems that never had been cut but lay in all their barbaric beauty dull and swart as cleopatra's face thus the violin had been found on the far seas at the end of the world as it were and in companionship of gems and fabrics rich and rare and in a chest whose mouth breathed odours this was all the lad knew henry said the old trapper the lad says the fiddle is so old that no one knows how old it is and i conceit the boy speaks the truth it certainly looks as old as a squaw whose teeth is dropped out and whose face is the colour of tanned buckskin i tell you henry i believe it will burst if the lad draws the bow with any earnestness across it for there never was a glue made that would hold wood together for a thousand year and if that fiddle ain't a thousand year old then john norton is no judge of appearances and can't judge the prongs on the horns of a buck at this instant the lad dropped the bow upon the strings strong and round mellow and sweet the note swelled forth starting with the least filament of sound it wove itself into a compact chord of sonorous resonance filled the great parlours passed through the doorway into the receptive stillness outside charged it with throbbings thus held the air a moment reigned in it then calling its powers back to itself drew in its vibrating tones checked its undulating force and leaving the air by easy retirement came back like a bird to its nest and died away within the recesses of the dark melodious shell from whence it started when the bow first began its course across the strings the old trapper's eyes were on it and as the note grew and swelled he seemed to grow with it his great fingers shut into their palms as if an unseen power was pulling at the cords his breast heaved his mouth actually opened it was as if the rising swelling pulsating sounds actually lifted him from off the floor on which he stood and when the magnificent note ebbed and finally died away within the violin not only he but all the company stood breathless charmed surprised astonished into silence at the wondrous note they had heard the old trapper was the first to move he brought his brawny hand down heavily upon herbert's shoulder and with a face actually on fire with the fervour stirred within him exclaimed lord a massy henry did you ever hear a noise like that i say boy did you ever hear a noise like that where on arth did it all come from why boy twas as long and as solemn as a funeral as earnest as the cry of a panther and roared like a nest of hornets when you poke em with a stick if that's a fiddle i wonder what the other things be that i've heerd the half-breeds and the frenchers play in the clearance well might the old trapper be astonished the violin of unknown age and make was one among ten thousand it was a concert to hear the lad tune it which he did with a bold and skilful touch and the exactness of an ear which nature had made exquisitely true to time and chord his bashfulness was gone his timidity had departed his awkwardness even went out of body and arm and fingers with the initial note his soul had found its life with his mother's gift and he who was so weak and hesitating in ordinary moments found courage and strength and the dignity of a master when he touched the strings 
at last the instrument was ready and with a flourish bold and free he struck into the measures of a waltz that filled the parlour with circling noises and made the air throb and beat swing and swell as if it were liquid and unseen hands were moving it with measured undulations there was no resisting an influence so sweet subtle and pervasive as flowed from that easy-going bow as it came and went over the resounding strings couple after couple swung off into the open space until the entire company were swinging and floating through the dreamy and bewitching measures the god of music was actually in the room and his strong passionate touch was on the souls of those who were floating hither and thither as if blown by his invisible breath the music took possession of the dancers it banished the mortal heaviness from their frames and made them buoyant so that their feet scarce touched the floor up and down and across from side to side and end to end they whirled and floated they moved as if a power which took the place of wings was in them they did not seem to know that they were dancing they did not dance they floated flowing like a current moved by easy undulations their hands were clasped their faces nearly touched their eyes were closed or glowing and still the long bow came and went and still the music rose and sank swelled and ebbed as easy waves advance retreat and flood again breaking in white and lazy murmurs at twilight on the dusky beach herbert stood still his eyes were lifted the gaze in them far away and one foot beat the measure beside him stood the trapper his arms were crossed his eyes were on the bow that the lad was drawing, and his body swayed, lifted, and sank in perfect harmony with the motions and the accompanying sound, with a grace which nature only reaches when the will is utterly surrendered to a power that has charmed the stiffness and tension out of the frame and made it yielding and responsive. At last the music stopped, and with it stopped each form each foot was arrested at the point to which the sound had carried it when it paused each couple stood in perfect pose the motive power which moved them was withdrawn and the limbs stood motionless as if the soul that gave them animation had retired they had been lifted to another world a world of impulse and movement more airy and spirit life than the gross earth and it took a moment for them to struggle back to ordinary life but in a moment thought recalled them to themselves and they realized the mastery of the power that had held them at its will and the applause broke out in showers of happy tumult they crowded around the lad strong men and beautiful women gazing at him in wonder then broke up into knots talking and marveling to the old trapper's face as he gazed at the lad a strange look came the look of a man to whose soul has come a revelation so pure and sweet that he is unable at first to compass it with his understanding he came close to the lad and sitting down on the edge of the platform put his hand on the knee of the youth and said i've heard most of the sweet and terrible noises that nature makes boy i've heard the thunder among the hills when the lord was knocking agin the earth until it jarred and i've heard the wind in the pines and the waves on the beaches when the darkness of night was on the woods and nature was singing her evening song 
and there be no bird or beast the lord has made whose cry be it lively or solemn i have not heard and i have said that man had never made an instrument that could make so sweet a noise as nature makes when the spirit of the universe speaks through her stillness but ye have made sounds to-night lad sweeter than my ears have ever heard on hill or lake shore at noon or in the night season and i certainly believe that the spirit of the lord has been with ye boy and gin ye the power to bring out such music as the book says the angels make in their happiness in the world above i trust ye be grateful lad for the gift the lord has given ye for though your tongue knows little of speech yet your fingers can bring such sounds out of that fiddle as a man might wish to have in his ears when his body lies stiffening in his cabin and his spirit is standing on the edge of the great clearing yes lad ye must certainly play for me when my eyes grow dim and my feet strike the trail that no man strikes but once nor travels both ways at this point the announcement of supper was made and the company streamed towards the tables the repast was of that bounteous character customary to the houses located in the woods in which the hearty provisions of the forest were brought into conjunction with and reinforced by the more light and fanciful cuisine of the cities among the substantiate fish and venison predominated there was venison roast and venison spitted and venison broiled venison steak and venison pie trout broiled and baked and boiled pancakes and rolls ices and cream pies and puddings pickles and sauces of every conceivable character and make ducks and partridges coffee and tea whose nature i regret to say was discernible only to the eye of faith in the midst of this abundance the old trapper was entirely at home he ate with the relish and heartiness of a man whose appetite was of the highest order and whose courage mounted to the occasion i tell you henry said the old man as he transferred a duck to his plate and proceeded to carve it with the aptness of one who had practical knowledge of its anatomy i tell you henry the birds be getting fat and i sartinly hope the flight this fall will be a good un don't be bashful lad in your eatin he continued as he transferred half of the bird to his companion's plate you haven't got the size of some about the waist but your length is in your favour and if you will only straighten up and henry don't get out there'll be little left on this end of the table when we have satisfied our hunger i don't know when the craving of nature has been stronger within me than it is in this minute and if nothing happens and you stand by me the serenessers will remember our visit for days after we be gone it isn't often that i feed in the settlements or get a taste of their cooking but the man who basted these birds knowed what he was doing and the fire has given them just the right touch and the morsels actually melt in your mouth the trapper's feelings were evidently not peculiar to himself and the spirit of feasting was abroad the eating was such as would astonish the dwellers in cities wit flashed across the table in answer to wit mirth rippled from end to end of the room laughter roared and rollicked adown the hall jokes were cracked fun exploded plates rattled cups and glasses touched and rang even the waiters as they came and went in their happy service caught the infection of the surrounding happiness and their laughter mingled with that of the guests the great pine branches and the evergreens nailed against the corner posts and wreathed into festoons along the walls shook and trembled in the uproar as to the passage of winds along their native hills 
and the huge bucks heads whose antlers were tied with rosettes and streaming ribbons lost the staring look of their great artificial eyes and seemed as they gazed out through the interlacing boughs of cedar and balsam as if life had returned to them and they once more were animate in about an hour the company streamed back into the parlour with a mood even livelier than that which had characterized the early hours of the occasion their minds were in the state of highest action and their bodies needed but the opportunity for rapid motion even the lad had caught the infection of the surrounding liveliness for his eyes and face glowed with the light of quickened animation Ain't you got any jigs in that fiddle lad said the trapper can you twist anything out of your instrument that will set the feet of travelling seems to me that the young folks here want shaking up a leetle and a leetle of the old-fashioned dancing will help em settle the biddles can you liven up lad and give em a tune that will set em whirling the only reply of the lad was a motion of the bow but the motion was effective for it sent a torrent of notes into the air which thrilled through the body and tingled along the nerves like successive electric shocks the old trapper fairly bounded into the air and when he struck the floor his feet were flying nor was he alone the jig had started a dozen on the instant and the floor rattled and rang with the tap of toe and heel henry said the old trapper hold on to me or i shall certainly make a fool of myself the lad is tickling me from head to foot and my toes are snapping inside of the moccasins lord who'd a thought that the blood in the veins of a man whose head is whitening could be sought leaping as mine is doing at this minute by the scraping of a fiddle the lad was a picture to see his bow flew like lightning his long fingers drummed and slid along the strings of the violin with bewildering swiftness the little instrument jetted and effervesced its melody the continuous and resounding noise poured out of it in tuneful bubbles the air was filled with tinkling fragments of sound the lad's body swayed to and fro his face glowed his eyes flashed the sweat stood in drops on his forehead but still the bow snapped and crinkled and the instrument continued to burst in musical explosions while the floor shook the windows rattled and the lamps flared and fluttered as the dancers chased the music on evans and arth said the trapper i stand this and breaking forth from the hold that herbert had on him whirled himself out to the centre of the floor and with his face aflame with excitement and his white hair flying abroad led the jig men off with a lightness of foot and quickness of stroke that forced the music by half a beat the effect was electric the room burst into applause and the lad fetched a stroke that seemed to rip the violin asunder it was now a race between the violin and the dancers one after another fell out of the circle as the moments passed until the trapper was left alone and was cutting it down in a fashion that both astonished and convulsed the company more than one of the spectators went on to the floor in paroxysms of laughter herbert bent over with his hands on his knees was watching the trapper with mouth stretched to its utmost and streaming eyes it is impossible to say which would have triumphed had not an accident decided the contest and brought the jig to an abrupt termination for even while the lad was in the midst of the swiftest execution the hind legs of the chair in which he was sitting were whipped from their fastenings his heels went into the air he turned half a somersault backward and the music stopped with a snap 
it was minutes before a word could be heard roars and shrieks and screams of irrepressible and uncontrollable merriment shook the house from foundation to garret the lad picked himself up and for the first time since they met herbert saw his placid countenance wrinkled and seamed with the contortions of uproarious mirth the sluggishness of his temperament for once was thoroughly agitated and the manhood which never before had come to the surface found in hilarity a visible and adequate expression the trapper had spun to his side and the two had joined their hands and looking into each other's faces were laughing with a boisterousness that fairly shook their frames and exploded in resounding peals gradually the uproar subsided and the company settled by easy transition to a quieter mood the hours of the night were passing and the moment drawing nigh when those who had mingled their merriment must part the old trapper had regained his gravity and his countenance had settled to its customary repose it seemed the general wish that the lad would favour them with a farewell peace and in compliance with the request of many the old man turned to him and said the hours be drawin on lad and it's reasonable that we should break up but afore we go the folks wish to hear you play a quiet sort of a piece that may be cheerful and pleasant like for them to remember you by when we be gone so lad if you have got anything in your hand that's soft and touchin maybe that will sort of stay in the heart as the season come and go i sartainly hope you will play it for em and as you say you was born by the sea and as you say the instrument you hold in your hand was gin you by your mother it may be you can play us something out of your memory that shall tell us of her goodness to you something i mean that shall tell us of the shore where you was born and the love that you had afore you laid her to rest and came to the woods seek of me can you play us something like that lad i can play you anything that has mother in it said he and a wistful yearning hungry look came into his eyes and the edges of his lips quivered the company seated themselves and the boy drew his bow across the instrument the brush of a painter could not have made the picture more perfect than the vision the lad brought forth as the bow played on the strings the picture of a sea sunlighted and level stretching out far the picture of a curved shore the shore of a quiet bay rimmed with its beach of shining sand and noisy with the gurgle and splash of lapsing waves the picture of a home quiet and orderly and filled with the tenderness of a gentle spirit and then a heavier chord told of the coming of a darker hour when the mother lay dying the violin fairly sobbed and groaned and wailed as if the spirit of an inconsolable grief were tugging heavily at the strings anon a bell tolled solemnly out of it and its heavy knell clanged through the room and then the music rested for a minute and in the silence it seemed as if the grave came into sight as plainly as if the eyes of all were actually looking at its open mouth again the music sounded and the sods one after another fell on the coffin dull and heavy changing to a gravelly smothered sound as the grave filled once more it paused and then a clear sweet strain arose sad but pure and fine and hopeful as voice of angels could have sung it trustful and resigned the bow stopped again for a moment the violin was silent 
and then the lad lifted his face and laying the bow softly upon the strings began to play what all instinctively felt was a hymn to the spirit of his mother slowly sweetly softly as the strains which the dying sometimes hear the pure clear smooth notes stole out into the hushed air it was playing not such as mortal plays to mortal but such as spirit plays to spirit and soul to soul to-night across the street of heaven the lad still used an earthly instrument and touched its strings with mortal fingers but never while they live will those who heard that hymn believe that anything less than the spirit of the boy drew from the instrument the notes that filled the room with their divine sweetness indeed the lad did not act as if he were conscious of his body or of bodily presences around him his face was lifted and his eyes from which the tears were streaming were gazing upward not as if into vacancy but as if they saw the bright being that had passed within the veil standing in all the beauty of her transfiguration before them for a smile was on the boy's lips even while the tears were rolling down his cheeks and when at last the arm suspended its motion when the sweet notes ceased to sound and the last chord had died away the lad still kept his uplifted posture and his features held the same rapt expression the company sat motionless their gaze fastened on the lad not an eye was without its tear the cheeks of the old trapper were wet and herbert touched by some memory or overcome by the pathos of the music was actually sobbing the old man with a tread as light as a moccasined foot could make stepped softly to the side of the lad and taking him by the arm while the company rose as one man motioned to henry with his hand and then without a word the trapper and herbert and the man who didn't know much passed out of the room and taking boat shoved off and glided from sight in the blue darkness of the overhanging night amid whose eastern gloom the great luminous mellow-hearted stars of the morning were already aflame End of story five.